When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Let's see what happens this upcoming weekend. And to help us preview that, we have a special guest. That special guest being Stephen Willis of PositivelyOleMiss.com joins us to help talk about Ole Miss from his side of the fence. We welcome to our show Mr. Stephen Willis. Stephen Willis, how you doing, good sir? Doing fairly well, guys. How are y'all doing? We're doing well. We're doing well. We're doing well. How are things over in in Oxford these days? Uh, Actually, quite good. And if you guys (laughs) probably aren't paying attention, but in the last 20 games, they're 17 and three. And two of the losses were when Matt Corral got injured. Um, So things, things are humming pretty good in Oxford about right now. Let's go ahead and talk about some of the matchups. Uh, so let's be clear. I have no idea who the starting offensive line is going to be for Auburn this week. Yeah. Um, so I just went with, we didn't have any announcements of anybody new on it. So we just went with what they had going last week. But uh, And based on the reports, Troxel, they said he was going to be fine. Yeah. And that doesn't mean he's starting, but he <laughs> he's not hurt. So. But, I mean, he's been starting every other game. So, I don't know. Anyway, but that's what we have right now for the starting lineups. Uh, we'll see how that goes game time. Ole Miss defense is respectable. Uh, sixth in total defense in the SEC, 31st nationally, allowing a total of 330 yards per game. Uh, rush defense, they're number four currently in the SEC, 35th nationally, only allowing 117 yards per game. Uh, they're number 10 in pass yards allowed in the SEC, 51st nationally, allowing 212 yards. Uh, this is a team that can actually get pretty stingy on the ground. We already know Auburn's issues running the ball. Uh, Steven, tell me about Ole Miss's defense, and it, it appears like they have taken some steps this year, uh, year three of, Lane, of the Lane Kiffin era. Who are some guys who we should be looking out for on the defensive side of the ball? I think you should pay attention to um, J.J. Pegues, who you guys know very well. He's transitioned to nose guard, and he is performing really well. He's been a handful for centers this year, um, straight up, because Ole Miss runs, like, as you can see, a 3-2-6 defense. 
Um, they did that John Haycock stuff from Iowa State. And it's it's big worry. The way you attack it is basically the way Nick Saban used to play, like with Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson. That style of football is how you attack this defense. Basically, what you guys did last year under Mike Bobo is how you attack this defense. So stopping the run was a major thing for Lane Kiffin in the offseason. So physical DBs like Ladarius Tennyson, Aishim Young, a former Big 12 um, freshman He's going to mention everybody who transferred from yeah, Auburn over much, to the Ole Miss defense much. and say that they're – okay, I got you. No, just yeah, no. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not trying to do that, but they, they brought some physical guys in on yeah. that side of the ball to basically replicate a 3-4 defense so they could play well and stern up against the run – and what you see is like Otis Reese, who was a Georgia transfer as well, mm-hmm. um, playing on that outside, playing extremely physical. And I think I've seen this defense described by somebody as a middle school field trip gone awry because it's just violent, <laughs> undersized people all over the place that will just knock your socks that's, off. That's hilarious, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess this is the type of defense they ran last year as well, correct, Stephen? It is. It is. Just the insane transfer portal that they brought in just kind of beefed up the talent on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. You replace a five foot seven, 160-pound nickelback with Ladarius Tennyson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that type of physics replacement is really the reason this defense has made the improvement that it did. You know, uh, one of the things that Ike Auburn tried to do last weekend was some of the quick throws, but obviously we had some of our issues pre-snap-wise in terms of penalties and whatnot. Given what Ole Miss likes to run, what do you think the game plan would be moving forward in this weekend against this type of alignment, this type of defense? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be established to run. Like, they're going to have to find a way to run the ball against this team. Um, Because Ole Miss is quick on the perimeter, uh, you know, going laterally uh, or or trying to do, you know, sweeps around the outside, probably not going to be as easy to do just because they're going to have the speed to be able to get to a lot of that stuff. You're going to have to get downhill. Um, So they're going to have to figure out a way to shore up something in the middle of that offensive line to, to get some push and allow for the running backs to get some early. I I don't care if it's four yards at a time, you know, again, I, I talk about, you know, math is math on any playing field. So if you get three runs of four yards, that's a first down, on every field, right? Yeah. So don't be in love with trying to hit home runs. And I think that, you know, when people talk about the difference between, um, you know, Tank and Jarquez Hunter, Tank sometimes I think wants to hit home runs a lot. So he's trying to be patient and pick his way and be like, oh, there's daylight. Let me go find that. Uh, and then sometimes he's doing what he's supposed to do, which is let me just, okay, this is where the run's supposed to go. Let me just get there immediately and go get fall forward for a couple of yards. Um, and Jarquez Hunter, I think is just more adept at this type of offense. So when he's, he, he sees that backside cut a little bit better than tank does, and he's hard to bring down. So I think this is the game. Mike G would love everything. I'm about to say, this is the game where you, I think Jarquez Hunter needs to be more of the feature back so that you can allow Ole Miss to flow the way that they want to be speed, speedy to the front side and allow Jarquez Hunter to hit those backside um, opportunities that will be there if you're able to just kind of just let them flow and then he can come off the backside of that. So we'll see. Um, we'll see what will happen. But I think that, again, that it's it's established the run in this game or uh, 
if you're going to let them be fast, then you're going to have to get an effective screen game this for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to get an effective screen game this time. So, yeah. Steven, uh, about Pegues, uh in the middle there, uh, has he has he been the starter all season long or has he just come on lately or how, how has he been progressing? He, he alternates with Katie Hill. Both of those guys will be playing nose guard. Um, he has progressed well. He's a different, they're both different style nose guards. KD Hill is that traditional two gap mountain of a man um, going there and just take him up. But Geese is more like a three technique, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so whenever they're doing things that require that, he kind of fits in. He can, he can be a real handful for the guard in the center, whichever, mm-hmm. si- whichever gap he decides to go through. So I think it's just a almost a personal preference of whatever's going to happen on the defense. And what y'all were talking about, about Auburn's run game, I was on doing a crossover with Zach Blackerby on the Locked on Auburn show. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about it. And I think Ole Miss's goal defensively is to get Auburn in third and six plus. Not necessarily yeah. extended yards, just third and six plus. Mm-hmm. And I think Auburn's percentage of picking up that third down is about 15 to 20% less than an average team. Yep. But if they could get into third and four, third and three, all of a sudden that running game can be effective and you have Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, and all of a sudden you can do to Ole Miss what Vanderbilt did to Ole Miss in the first half. Mm-hmm. You can play slow. You can be really methodical. You can just move the sticks. And then if Ole Miss turns the ball over, next thing you know, you're up two scores on Ole Miss, just like Vanderbilt found itself. The difference is I think your defense is a little bit better than what Vanderbilt has. So in a situation like that, you guys are probably going to be in a little bit better shape. Just from the outside looking in. Okay. So, B, Ike, you know what our issues have been. Hmm. You've been watching. Mm-hmm. What does this team do in the second half? What does Auburn do when, 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 when Ole Miss comes out after the half and they realize this is what Auburn's doing, here's what we're going to do, what does Auburn do? Uh, if history is any indicator, continue to do the same thing you did in the first half and hope that it continues to work if it has been working. Um, I just don't know that we um, – I think we just fall in love with our game plan and we don't adjust particularly well. So if Ole Miss has an effective counterpunch, uh, we're just going to have to hope our defense in the second half is better than they've been previously because the second half defense has been one that just has not been able to withstand any sort of onslaught from the other team. Mm-hmm. If whatever we've got game planned is not incredibly effective against their defense, and to be fair, I don't expect it to be because if power run is what's going to move the ball against Ole Miss, I've, I've got to tell you, we've probably the least equipped to perform uh, an efficient power run game than anybody in the conference, honestly. So um, we, what we do have is a speedy quarterback and some great running backs. It's not impossible for them to put together a couple of drives that get some points on the board in the first half. But, I mean, to your point, see, can, can we sustain it? When they just switch personnel up a little bit and then they put an, an extra uh, safety on the field since they've got, you know, their, their 6-2-3, well, what happens then? I don't know. I can tell you that based on the how that offensive line has looked last few weeks, my confidence is low. My confidence is low. So the, it would have to be a comedy of errors, really. Ole Miss would have to come out in the second half and shoot themselves in the foot. They'd have to fumble it like we've been fumbling it the last few weeks. 
they have to turn it over passing game. And honestly, and Steve, maybe you could tell me this. I completely expected once Lane Kiffin gets his California quarterback in the house, I expected him to sling it all over the field and, and color me surprised that every game I've watched from Ole Miss, Jackson Dart is running um, perhaps more than I don't know if anybody else expects, but he's running quite a bit. Did that, did that surprise you and the Ole Miss faithful? The Honestly, no, because it, I mean, Matt Corral ran it 30 times or something like that against Tennessee last year. Right. Um, that's kind of Lane Kiffin's MO. But this, against Vanderbilt, Jackson Dart was 25 of 32, 450 yards or something like that and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So if they need to sling it around, they're starting to trend towards being able to do that. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, I think um, other teams in the SEC should really be afraid of this offense. Because you take Evans and Judkins, then you add in the fact that you're worried about people getting behind you, and all of a sudden they can't rush up to stop that run. All of a sudden, it, I, I've described this offense as torturing linebackers, and <laughs> that would absolutely mm. start oh, torturing God. linebackers. Mm. Mm. Oh, God. All right, we'll we'll get into the torture here in just a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not ready. Let me come up with some some bogus question about uh, our offense. <laughs> Steven, is is this is this kind of an attacking defense, or do they are are they kind of a bend but don't break kind of what what do they like to do defensively against teams? They, like they to are force vi- the issue. They are violent. They are aggressive, but they also um, are better inside the red zone than outside the red zone. So mm-hmm. once you get inside the twenty yard line, you're going to have to max execute because there's so many defensive backs everywhere. You can't. Right. You're not going to get in with a big play. They can cover once the space condenses. They can cover more of it, mm-hmm. um, but they do blitz. They get down in some four-down sets. They do some four-one-six stuff to where basically they move Otis Reese over into linebacker and do like a four-two-five. And Kari Coleman, who is another Big Twelve freshman of the year co- former player, comes in and he had like three sacks in his first game, mm-hmm. and he is just healthy. Vanderbilt was the first game that he was sort of healthy, so he'll be really healthy in this game. Um, so whenever they want some four-man looks, they bring him in and put him in a defensive end. They move like Tavius Robinson into a three-technique, Piggies into the nose tackle and slide Cedric Johnson down, and it's almost like a tre- cheetah set that they can really get after the quarterback with. Um, so it's it's really interesting with this defense. There's a lot of Michigan um, from like 2015 in this defense. If you remember what it was with J- Jabril Peppers and back then when they what the stuff they were doing, that's because Chris Partridge was on that staff. So they're going to do a lot of the same stuff. Mm. And David Snigmanosin, by the way, that kid's a dog. Uh, he's a true freshman. He started every game at cornerback. And he's going to leave Ole Miss at least an all-SEC player. He'll be, mm. he'll, he might be an All-American. The, so what, what, what do y'all feel about Kiffin? Because every time a job comes open, his name's going to come up. He's a hot he's he's a hot name. He's got a big reputation after the the Nick Saban rehabilitation program for coaches. And Ole Miss may or may not have, let's say in quotation marks, the resources because he's complained about how hard NIL is making it on Ole Miss. Do you worry that it's just a matter of time before Lane gets out the door? Well, eventually Lane Kiffin's going to be out the door because there's no such thing as like a Bobby Bowden anymore. So eventually he's going to leave, but I don't think he's going to leave this year. I mean, he's at the point where he's just on the cusp um, of competing in the West with a very, a lot of these transfer players were like two and three year eligibility left players. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So next year is the year they're actually built for, other right. than maybe Zach Evans. But yeah, he's going to leave eventually. I don't think he's going to leave this year. And honestly, I don't think he would go anywhere in the SEC. I think it's more likely he goes to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you think he wants to go back to that headache again? Or, or yeah, was it just the Raiders that was the headache? I, th- I think it was just the Raiders <laughs> yeah. that was the headache. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think that is this thing whenever he gets out of Because I don't think there's going to be any situation where an SEC coach goes to another SEC team anymore. All the teams have too much money now. I mean, Ole Miss can go to 10 or $11 million on his contract if they have to. They couldn't do that in 98. He made the comment about Tuberville moving over. Ole Miss couldn't pay. Tuberville was fighting with the athletic director. Ole Miss was having indoor practices whenever it was raining. They were going under the stadium. I mean, it was a major resource problem at Ole Miss. Now, in 2008, whenever I worked, or 2007, when I worked at Ole Miss, our athletic budget was $30 million. Mm. Now our athletic budget is somewhere around 120. Mm. So the Ole Miss that everybody remembers and just assumes as it is, doesn't really exist anymore. Okay, And I think that's going to surprise people because they're like, oh, yeah, Auburn's open. They can just go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Both of those schools have money. I mean, tons of money. And it's just the fact that, you know, once these TV contracts happened, these athletic departments got rich. And now now Ole Miss, probably a more wealthy athletic department than, I don't know, 85% of the country. So... So why Crazy. was why why was Lane complaining as it pertains to like recruiting and whatnot? If if, if based on that, what what was Lane's deal there? That, that's a Nick Saban thing. Nick yeah, Saban I was about to does, say he, yeah, he, he's spinning it a little a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he did that before Kentucky, also about attendance, and people all talked about attendance, and then all of a sudden, Ole Miss was completely sold out against Kentucky and rowdy as heck. Right, it, it's all about Saban just whining. Hey. Come on, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't show up. I just want you to show up. And, and, and all of a sudden, they're rowdy and every, everything's fine. It's one of those things you can't really trust the thing a media says about him. He's going to come up for every job. The Oregon State job can come open this year. Lane Kiffin will be mentioned for it. So you can't, you can't take these media reports too seriously. Well, now that we've flipped the field, we have the offense here. Seems like uh, Jackson Dart is your guy. I know mm-hmm. there was a little bit of debate as to who the guy was going to be, but it looks like he has settled in just nicely, and he's the guy now. And it, and it seems like he's getting more and more control of the offense week in and week out. So just how – how and, and the guy who kind of surprises me on this offense uh, was a guy that we actually was trying to recruit um, – <laughs> a year or so ago, and Quinshawn Judkins. I remember when he actually committed to Ole Miss, but he mm-hmm. appears to be – he's your leading rusher uh, at 581 yards total for the season. Just talk about how efficient this backfield has been so far. It's been unbelievably efficient. If you look at what Lane Kiffin did, last year when Ole Miss went to the Sugar Bowl, they had 18 players on their roster, four-star or higher. Mm-hmm. Now they have about 33. And the talent infusion is just, you can just see it. There's been years past when Vandy comes out last year, last week and just punches Ole Miss in the mouth. And the talent difference isn't such that you can't really dig out of that hole. Well, Ole Miss went on a 42 to eight run and it was actually fairly easy to do that they got done. 
Zach Evans, a former number one running back in the country in the 2020, 2020 class, he was a Georgia commit that for a lot of weird stuff ended up at TCU, and now he transferred to Ole Miss. Quinshawn Judkins, there's a picture of um, Lane Kiffin at the Alabama State Championship last year. He's sitting in those cold metal bleachers, bundled up, obviously cold, by himself. There's nobody in the stands, and he's watching that, and they're like, what is that going? Well, now we know why he was doing what he was doing, because that kid, when I saw him in his recruiting, I was like, he's he's T.J. Yeldon. That That's what he is. He's T.J. Yeldon. Um, at Alabama, this is a kid that Auburn or Alabama did not let out of the state before. I don't know how we're getting him. What's going on? And then he gets to Ole Miss, and and he's an angrier version of T.J. Yeldon. I mean, he walked in to the point where we're 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 starting to talk about him as like a one A um, to Zach Evans being the starter. I, I mean, he's a phenomenal player, and I mean, I don't I don't know if I would trade Zach Evans for him. Talk about your receivers. Uh, who who are some? Who are who's the guy here? I think Mingo is your leading receiver. I think he has 407 yards uh, on the season. But let's talk about how how these receivers have performed so far. They they performed um, admirably. Jonathan Mingo he has 507 yards receiving. He's averaging at 23 yards per catch. He's leading the SEC in receiving right now. He's the guy that whenever you start peeking in the backfield to try and stop Zach Evans. Um, he's the one that burns you over the top. There's the those Lane Kiffin shot plays. He's the one they're called for in this offense. Um, Jordan Watkins is the slot receiver. And with Michael Trigg getting injury, you can see Casey Kelly over at tight end. The middle of the field being important is probably going to be Jordan Watkins' territory. Keep an eye on him. He's a little, he's a he's a little fast dude. He catches the ball and can be gone. Um, pretty quickly. Malik Heath, a former Mississippi State transfer. I still have no idea how that happened. He's been here six games, and that's just weird to me. But Malik Heath is just that steady receiver. Our receiving core, our starting three, they're really good. And um, I don't know the last time y'all saw a really good receiving core from Ole Miss, considering last year all three of them were hurt. Right. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh I'm I'm looking at Jackson Dart and and he he's turned the ball over a little bit at times. Mm-hmm. Um, has that been a result of just pressure, not seeing the deep? What what, what has been the issue with him and turnovers? And it has was that something that was just early on in the season, or has it been kind of throughout the season so far? It, it, he had had two horrible throws against Vanderbilt. He had thirty absolutely gorgeous throws, but two horrible throws. It's not really about pressure. The Ole Miss offensive line has given up two sacks this year. Mm. Uh, And so it's more about Jackson Dart thinking he can make every pass in the book. And he is really close, but he has a lot of, um, I guess, Brett Favre in him from the NFL. (laughs) He, he, He will try a throw, and sometimes that gets him in a little bit of trouble and it will will cause you to pull your hair out. But it's a situation to where part of Auburn's game plan needs to be um, Jackson Dart needs to throw me a couple of them. I mean, that yeah. that needs to be a thing. But Jackson Dart has all the talent in the world. He's the first Gatorade National Player of the Year that's ever played at Ole Miss. Hmm. Um, it, whenever he throws the ball, it just looks different. And, yeah. and you can just see that in 2023, he, he's, he's going to be the dude in the league. Ike, you had some concerns defensively some things that we needed to work on this weekend what what is your concern defensively with us I mean it's the same concern I've had for the last couple of weeks and it's what what are our linebackers going to do 
Mike, um, this run game from Ole Miss is nothing to be played with. Um, and they're going to run to and through anybody who's trying to tackle them. So you gotta you you can't just come to the party with your arms. You gotta bring your pads too. And if 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 we're out there trying to arm tackle and hope to, it's not it's not it's gonna be it's gonna be a long day, man. It's gonna be a long day if our linebackers are not assignment sound and they when they get there they're not making tackles. Yes. Um, and you know if it, if if the run game starts getting the way that you know Lane Kiffin wants it to be, then you're gonna be guessing wrong a lot with your safeties. And then it's going to be over the top city. So it's it's really going to start with whether or not our linebackers are where they need to be, and when they arrive, are they making tackles? In in, in my opinion, you just made me sad. B, any thoughts on this? <laughs> I'm sad now too. Um, <laughs> I, I look at this. Look at um, Ole Miss's offensive output, and like Steve said, they they threw the ball quite a bit last week, but. Every week before that, pretty much they were they were running like crazy on people. I saw Jukins running on people in that that Kentucky game. Damn it! It's two I of know, them, right? I know, right? Jeez. I mean we we've talked about it, you know, week after week here. And, and Steve, if you did any type of scouting on us, you know our linebackers. Um, you, you remark that if y'all's passing game got going, it might make our linebackers' lives hell. Our linebackers been in hell all all season. Man. You don't even y'all y'all pass the game. Don't have to get going for that to be the case. It, it's just been rough inexperience and um, thinking too much. You know, missed assignments. It's it's a mess, and it's why I think this game is probably going to be combined with the fact that a power running game is what is best suited to defeat Ole Miss's defense. A power running game or a proficient running game where you make the linebackers have to guess a little bit. That that's our weakness right now. Otherwise, if you were going to throw the ball all game, you know, if this was Western Kentucky we were playing, which is, well, we do play them this year, I feel good about it because our secondary is phenomenal. Um, our pass rush had been very good. I think we got maybe one or two sacks last week, but even with some injuries, we have been playing phenomenal since after the Penn State game for about three straight weeks, and then our secondary has been coming on week after week. But y'all run the ball good. We don't do so great against the run, so... I think it's probably going to be a long game for us. Yeah, what y'all think about uh, the the front four? Um, I know we had some injuries. Uh, Brad got injured. Hall got injured. What do we think about uh, pressure up front with the front four? Yeah, I mean, I think our front four has played admirably this year. Um, I, I'm not super concerned about them. I think they can be disruptive. Kobe Wooden has started to show signs of the Kobe Wooden I wanted to see all mm-hmm. year from him. Um, Marcus Harris has been solid up front. Derek Hall has given us everything out there on every single play. You can tell that he's frustrated with the way that this team has been able to finish games. Um, Jason Jones has not, he hasn't splashed as far as stats are concerned, but I think he's been solid. Um, you know, he's occupying the gaps that he's supposed to. Um, I, 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 I would love to see him fully healthy, I think that that arm is still bothering him a little bit. He hurt his arm um, pretty early on in the season. Um, Might have even been before the first game. But uh, I'd love to see him completely healthy out there and see what he can do. I love what Marcus Bragg has been able to do. Um, You know, Jeffrey Emba is raw. He's he's a super physically gifted person, but he's still very raw up there. So I haven't seen a lot of – but I don't have a ton of concern about what we're putting on the defensive front. 
like you said, my, my concern is when you get to that second level. Uh, Steven Rustin uh, Robinson asks, Chat play Chat Kelly playing tight end for Ole Miss this week. Has there been any <laughs> any issues with uh that's his brother, Casey Kelly. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say it's not Chad, Chad Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Casey Kelly is a good run blocker, struggles in the pass game a little bit. I I would expect whenever you see number 13 at tight end, um, he has a little bit of athletic um athletic ability. Um he's a true freshman. But he's green on the blocking side, so it's probably just you know it's probably going to trend over to passing yeah. um, whenever do that. But he he's the guy that would come in whenever they they need to throw the ball. Either that, or they're going to get into. It's about time for twenty personnel to show up on this football team with Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins in the backfield at the same time. Okay, mm-hmm. you're making me sad again. <laughs> anyway, uh, any guys, any. Uh, uh, I be any other thoughts before we get to to the drawing on in terms of the defensive matchup versus the uh, Ole Miss's offense? Yeah, I mean the only other thought I have is we have an opportunity in this game. I think to 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 correct a lot of narratives, or I won't say correct, but change a lot of narratives if we come out and and establish ourselves and turn Ole Miss into a passing team. Um, somehow and, and stay stout because we've been good against the run early in games. Early in games, it's just been fatigue as you get later into the game and you're getting more snaps um, that you start to see guys out of gap integrity. And Ole Miss is going to want to go fast and they're going to want to make you play not instinctively but reactively. And when they when when you when they have you on your heels, that's when you start to make those mistakes and you're second guessing what you need to see in front of you. Um, Auburn needs to get them into third and long scenarios and try to get three and outs as much as possible. But it's going to be incumbent, you know, not so much on the defense, but the offense to put up points early and get them out of their game plan, which is run and go fast, run and go like that. That's what they want to do. They want to run and they want to go fast. And not, it's not that they don't want to pass the ball, but what they fundamentally want to do is run and go fast. And so you have to get them in third and longer scenarios, get stops, get off the field, and your offense has got to put up points when you do that. Um, that's really your chance to win that ball game. 